I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. What was that? <laughs> oh, sorry, chap. I was asking you, hello, Alex Simmons. Are you ready to tell this damn story? Oh, yes, rather, rather, yeah. All oh, right, then, all right. Good, good, good. So what's up, morning. Chris Ryan, Alex Simmons, at it again. Yes, once again. You got Batman over your shoulder. Uh, yeah, that's one of, uh, one of our guys. That's Neil. That's yep. Neil and Denny's collection. Yep. If you haven't, go and get them, check them out. And uh, the yellow one is the second volume of Warlock Marvel Masterworks. That one's signed by Jim Starlin. Wait a minute, now, who's yeah. the Guardians behind you? Hmm? Oh, these were, I got those the last couple of Christmases, the making of the last 10 years of Avengers stuff. I find uh, that stuff fascinating, so the goddess uh, and the kids indulge me. Well, you, I, you, you have a lunchbox, I think. Is, is, a, is a Hector Heathcote's lunchbox? <laughs> and, and, and of course, of course. It's the, Comic-Con. It's Comic-Con logo here, which is oh, uh, nice. a TV model here. Because, oh, cool. um, yeah, the son of one of our volunteers and a dear friend of mine, the son, his name is Zach, uh, works in a company that makes these um, 3D models. You know, the, the machines that three 3D models. Uh, uh, so he made that, and he made our uh, first ever uh, Kids Comic Con uh, trophy, uh, trophy, yeah, trophy award. Yeah, it was a trophy. It was definitely a trophy. It was a trophy, yeah, it's a trophy. Three yeah. D character. I have a, uh, I have a Kid Comic Con uh, keychain over. Uh, that's exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So those are some of the things over my shoulder, my pictures of my kids when they were very, very young. Yeah, and they're not that young anymore. Yeah, no, they're not. Oh, they're, they're all they're, adults and stuff. They can't hang off of me anymore because <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> it hurts so bad. So, uh, episode 110 or 111? I think it's oh. 111. I think, uh, I think you're right. Yes, this is 111. All right, we're ready to go. Uh, what drinking? <laughs> What's in uh, that tea? <laughs> I'm just living life, bro. Uh, okay. Well, I think, you know what, and I'll use that as segue to get into what have you been doing, what I've been doing. Uh, I've been writing, actually rewriting, and uh, this yesterday I kind of started it, and this morning starting at about 5.30, incorporating um, uh, fallback, you know, set your clock back. Mm-hmm. Uh, been working on a new chapter. Uh, that we're adding to uh, City of Will. Um, Barrington and Brisbane are uh, proving to be uh, popular characters. And uh, I have all these editorial comments that were given to me. What you got from the editor that you brought in. Yes. Uh, I'm going to see if it's okay if I mention her name, and maybe I'll mention it uh, next week. But fascinating stuff, great stuff. And my approach has been, uh, okay, yeah, what if, you know, as opposed to I refuse to get defensive about anything. Uh, The idea is to be open and to grow, not to prove that I'm right, you know. So you can always play with an idea, and if it doesn't work and if it doesn't fit, um, over the shoulder it goes, you know. Uh, And... She made one particular uh, comment. Uh, I I'm, I'm kept going and doing grammatical uh, corrections and little things like that as I was thinking about this for a couple of days. And um, from every angle that I looked at it, I said, you know what? Uh, I see all the positives. I don't see any negatives. Let's give it a try. And uh, while it took three or four rewrites to get rid of all the excess verbiage and make it kind of smooth and popping. Um, and then I decided to stop short of the original goal and the other couple of beats that we need to know about will happen in uh, flashback later on um, mm. or in argument later on. I think it'll be in argument. Uh, I think overall the decision uh, was very good. So, you know, I'm becoming a convert to uh, the benefits of an outside editor 
at long last. A and, good and, uh, outside yeah. editor. Huh? A good outside editor. Good outside editor. And, yeah, and qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting question that kind of touches on some of the things we're going to do today, because uh, she's fantastic. She's worth every penny that I paid. Um, and I'd love to do for, to hire her for the other three novels, other four novels that I have. There is no way I can afford that. Absolutely. No. So. Now, now it becomes, all right, so how do you handle it? What do you do? You know, um, and when the time comes, uh, I'll have that conversation with her. But I, why, sh- why would she drop her salary? I don't have any expectation of that. Um, you know, and uh, I've talked to the goddess about what would be possible and what wouldn't be possible. And we'll have to make some decisions there, you know. Um, but. That's been tabled, and the work is being focused on. So that's what I'm doing this week. How about you? I'll tell you what. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you may not know Alex like I know Alex, um, but you may know the character of the Flash. And you know how Flash runs around the town or the world, you know, at high speed and does 78 things? Alex Simmons does that every day without Flash speed. And... uh Sometimes, you know, I get off from texting with him or from talking to him on the phone and I turn to the goddess and say, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how he keeps going because I would melt just from the friction burn, you know, like the end of final crisis. I would break apart. Uh, so what is going on? Your, uh, your week was pretty crazy without forcing you to tell it. How are you holding up? What's happening? Um, let's just say not friction burns, but I I do feel right now I'm uh, I'm I'm a kid of the George Reeves uh, Superman TV series, and there were two different episodes where he lost some of his power. Um, one involved kryptonite, and the other one involved uh, being literally frozen. Um, even though he can move around, his powers were zapped from being zero frozen, and so I feel like I don't have a full charge. Uh, today, um, I, I've been, you know, I teach uh, 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 creative writing, screenwriting, and a couple of other related subjects, uh, both at the New York Film Academy, and I had a couple of great classes this week with both my screenwriting class and also my cinema studies class. And so a lot of it was not only uh, focusing on helping the students really get into the stories they are individually trying to create. Mm-hmm. But also hearing where those stories were coming from and really, really listening to, I mean, you as a teacher know what it's like to really listen to your students. My students are also, aside from all the other things that come with just being a student, my students are from different countries. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of it is trying to hear what they're communicating through the challenges of languages, you know, different right. languages. I not quite a command of I don't have a command of their language and, and they don't have a command of English. And so sometimes it's missing things and it's really like delving into it and being respectful, you know, really saying to myself, what I'm hearing is not a limited amount of thought or characters. What I'm hearing is limited English and I've got to find a way to get to what they're really saying so I can help them bring that forward. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that this week. There was um um some wonderful moments in, in cinema studies where some of my younger students uh, know these older films or discovered an older film through me, and they've really been excited about that. So that was rejuvenating to a certain extent. Some projects that I, and I'll do this quickly, some projects that I was supposed to be developing with some other folk um, did not work out. And I'm always curious, I'll just say this very politely, I'm always curious why especially when you're a larger entity, why saying to the individual you're supposedly doing business with, we've changed our mind, <clears throat> we're going another way, uh, we don't want to work with you, uh, your, your breath stinks, whatever it is. Right oh, out, it's the breakup. Yeah, write out a sentence that basically says in an email, uh, we're going in a different direction, thank you, but no thank you. Just something like that. Oh. Not doing that. Not doing that I don't understand. 
So yeah. it's a it's a, a little irritating at times. And there was a couple of things like that that happened that I have to take a breath, you know, oh, yeah. and you know, it's not personal, but you know, wow, where's your where's your business technique, your professionalism to just a sentence. So anyway, dealt well, with that. So I dealt with that and you prefer and, breakup text. Now go ahead. Yeah. And so now I'm dealing with um some you know uh, a blackjack project of mine that I'm working on that I I sort of put to the side just a little while for this other thing and now I got to bring that back in and get that back up to speed and um, wonderful experience so up down up down wonderful experience with uh, I think you know that I'm doing um, uh, co- consulting and coaching uh, with some writers that's yeah. um, my online service and so uh, I've been having some really good uh, uh, sessions with some of them. So there's there's wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Wow, this is great. I love this moment. This is creative. Let's work on this. Here's how I can help you there and so forth. That's all been cool. So it's been a very up and down week. And then there's some other things that have happened just in my personal life that I need to support and uh, adjust and all that and then get myself back on track at proper speed, uh, revitalized. So I'm working on that, too. So that's that's been my crazy week. Well, I mean, it it kind of helps us uh, segue into what Absolutely. we're going to talk about this week. Um, having heard this stuff, uh, I turned around and threw out five questions to you uh, that I think kind of come out of your crazy week. And uh, today, not talking so much about you know our personal experiences, but talking in general um, mm-hmm. in, in a way of trying to be helpful, trying to sort it out together. We're going to ask these five, we're going we're to talk about these five things. How to find writing or creative jobs, creating a submissions plan, mm-hmm. uh, the reality of getting creative gigs, creativity being 1% inspiration and 99% discipline in yourself to get to the work. But in chair. Uh, And then five, how to make all of the above part of the daily routine, even if you're crazy busy. So that's what's going to happen today. Stay with us. And uh, this would be really great. Right now, we could break for a word from our sponsor. But we forgot to get one of those. So we're going to get right into (laughs) it. That's on our list, though. All right. So what do you say about how to find writing and create or creative jobs? How do you go about doing it? You know, it's it's weird because there's there's you know the the traditional and and also some new entrepreneurial methodologies that that we know are out there. I mean, there's traditional, which is agent. That's like the first and foremost thing that people think of when they want to go professional, or they are professional and they're looking for more work or that those those prime or primo assignments. Finding a good agent, finding somebody who has already done the thing that many writers do not do well, which is contacts, making contacts with the people in the industry that can either hire you to do whatever the assignment is or take a look at the work you're doing and say, yes, I love this. You can write this article. You can write for this newspaper. You can write this novel or you can work for this TV or film company or studio. Uh, Agents' jobs basically. Is about making contacts. So that's one of the first things that a lot of writers need is the contacts. Who do who can get me in the door? Or who can get my stuff seen? And sometimes we try to do it ourselves, but other times we look for agents. Okay, so let's let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, many of us, many of the re- listeners that we have, um, are what I'd say pre-agent status, mm-hmm. right? So. How do you go about, and I have a few ideas, but let's hear from you first. How do you go about making those contacts? Let's, let's really talk about it. Let's talk. How do you get up there and say hello and engage? Because that is, that's, that's a mountain for some people. If you don't live in a major city where, uh, agents, certain agents might dwell, um, you know, you, you, if you're out in the country somewhere or Lord knows where, and you don't have that immediate access. I mean, one of the things that you do automatically, and this is from back in the day as well as present day, is there are not only online, but there are magazines and publications that have listings of agents. 
So one of the first things you want to do is, at least you know, the way I see people approaching this in, with a plan, is you identify what kind of writing you're doing or pursuing. You then identify agents that are in that line, that handle that arena. For instance, if you write, let's, let's say, fashion articles, or you write novels that, or stories, rather, that deal with people in um, uh, uh, racing industry, let's just call it that, racing where there's cars or horses, you want to look for people who have that background. Um, if it's a fashion industry and you're looking to get, art, you know, writing articles for that, then you're going to look at agents that handle freelance writers. Well, that's... Uh, and then try to, to dig down to the ones that seem to have the connections with the various magazines or, or publications that you want to get involved with. Yes. So are you saying you cannot do it without an agent? I am not saying you cannot. I'm saying that there are steps and there are tiers, and it depends very much on where you are skill-wise, reputation-wise, experience-wise, and where you're located. Uh, yeah, you can send submissions to various publications and publishers, but a number of them, especially now that everybody's web happy, a number of them have on their websites, we do not accept unsolicited material, which means so, can't just send stuff to them. So let's, let's be completely factual. Listen, ladies and gents, if you feel like submitting somewhere and they've said, we don't take unsolicited material, that group, that website, that magazine, that e-zine, whatever, that's off your list. Yep. So how do we go about finding places? How do we go about finding places to get our first few uh, publications in? I mean, for me, uh, I've been actually using Instagram and um, Twitter uh, to do recon, right? Um, I have. Well, I, I I knocked all of all of the non-writer folk off my Twitter account. Um, uh, Chris Ryan at Chris Ryan writes, and I most exclusively am following publications, writers, um, indie writers, and then I will see where they send, where they're getting published, and that that gets added to the list. And then you do some recon on that publication or that website or that um, anthology and who's behind the anthology. And you start following their websites and you slowly build one. If you inter you should interact politely with comments and stuff, not so much hero worship as, you know, a human conference, a human uh, a communication to become known to some of these writers, hopefully. And maybe some of these other publications and that kind of stuff. Um, I know that uh, my interaction with the publisher of Tough is organic because I'm a fan of that uh, publication. So when I compliment it, it comes from the heart. And, and, and I think people can pick up on that as opposed to shaming and scamming, you know. Uh, if you're so, you're so great and all that stuff. Hey, I got something. And I also don't sell a lot. I, uh, Meaning, when, I'm, when I'm talking to another writer, I don't say, look at my book. Yeah. Right? And, um, when I'm looking at a magazine or interacting with uh, a magazine, a lot of times it's compliments of what they've already published and, uh, letting them know I am interested in what you publish without saying, now, can I get in there? Uh, because you're, I think, like you said, you're creating, um, uh, relationship, you're you're building uh, something real, as opposed let me, to let me, a scam. Let me sort of jump in there on that because what you're calling on is your ability to develop relationships, and what <laughs> it's I'm not saying, a strong ability. It's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm saying is there are people with even less ability to do that. I'm and, pretty shy when it gets to that. Right, and again. In terms of general, there are a lot more people who have a tough time doing that, period. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can think of a particular uh, a number of scenarios, but one that stands out in my mind as an example of what I'm trying to say. So going after an agent is finding somebody who can speak for you because you can't speak for yourself. 
is I know a number of publishers, there's this one in particular, an independent publisher, who turned out several really wonderful graphic novels, but they weren't superhero, they weren't, you know, big-breasted women doing, you know, seductive things. So they weren't the things that immediately grab, grab, you know, the, the, the general audience. And he was the worst person to promote his own material or to try and get anybody to even come over to his table or to get in contact with him to look for other opportunities. He was a stone wall. When you looked at him, when you approached his table, when he was on the phone, it was almost mute. And he, I, I watched sales walk away from him because the vibe that they were getting from him is don't bother me, which is not what he felt, but it was what he transmitted. And so sometimes I, it's a defensive yeah. thing. So how yeah. about a little bit of do's and don'ts on that? Well, again, one is the first do <laughs> is, is turn out this great product. And then the first don't is don't try and promote it yourself. That in terms of the public, but, don't. But Alex, now, some of us have to. Some of us have to. Yeah, but well, but, there are steps. And one of them is recognize what you can and cannot do well. You know, you do not want to be your own roadblock. And sometimes well, it's the process of figuring that out. So let's you know, talk about this guy you're talking about, the stone on the phone, right? Let's yeah. give a couple of <laughs> do's done. and don'ts to the stone on the phone. First thing I would say is put the phone away when you're at the table. Make Not, sense? Again, I didn't mean that he was doing those things simultaneously, but what I'm saying is his reaching out to try and get the public to come and check out his material or to have somebody come in and represent his material, that was not his strength. Okay, so do you agree? That if someone, uh, you know, we're talking about someone who's listening to the show, is going to go to their first, second, third, fifth uh, conference, they're going to have a table. You agree? Off the phone while you're behind the table. Absolutely. Okay. So um, let's talk about positioning. Should you stand or should you sit? Does it make a difference? Stand. Because yeah, sitting, I prefer to stand. Sitting, yeah. sitting, there's a posture that some of them hit. With sitting and you're looking up and there's a if you already are giving off a vibe about don't approach and you're sitting there's this sense of you're down and you're it's almost like you're in your office don't disturb me if you're nah. standing at least you're on eye level with people walking by or approaching and you're you look more your body posture theoretically looks more like i am here to dialogue okay. let's talk about that vibe don't approach where do you think it comes from how can people get rid of it well, you know, once again, I'm working from the premise that not everybody can, you know, and I'm not. All right, I'm not so let's go angry. to those worst case scenarios and help them. Well, well worst case. I am scenario, putting you on the spot. I know you're, you're not putting me on the spot. <laughs> to be real, some of you can't. And that's something we'll deal with. But that's what I'm those, trying to do. I'm trying to deal with I'm, it. I'm out here and I'm going to try. OK, so one, have a pitch ready. Write a pitch out. It should be short. A very quick, simple speech that you rehearse about your product or your book, whatever it is that you're trying to get people to check out, that you have a beginning, middle, and an end that you can do inside of two to three minutes. All right, let's 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 help. That's a great idea. Let's help them further. Minimum word count. Oh, geez, I don't think in word count. I think in time. So word yeah, count. Yeah, three minutes is a long time to talk, bro. It's, 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 well, you know, elevator pitch is, is barely a minute. Elevator pitch right, is like, so, so let's like, go with that. All right. Write something that you can say comfortably, not rushing through it, but comfortably in a minute or less and practice it. Right. Practice and it out loud at home until you don't need to read it anymore. And it sounds like as, as nervous as you might be, it sounds natural. It might take 50 or 100 times coming out of your mouth to get to that level, but you're saying, and I'm agreeing, that's worth doing. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And it needs to identify your, let's say it's your book. It needs to identify your book, a, a literally limited but clear understanding. It's about blah, 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 just like that. And then one or two remarks that close that off. So, you know, uh, such and such and such. It's a story about such and such. And um, give them a cliffhanger if you want. And as mm -hmm. she goes through such and such, she encounters this terrible blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, um, and I have it here. It's my first book. And, I, you know, I really think if you'd like, 
feel free to take a look at it. Something yeah. rounds it off that makes you feel comfortable. At some point, they're going to ask you uh, questions. They might say, oh, well, does this happen or does this happen? And if it's your book, I mean, you wrote it, you should be able to answer one or two questions. You're establishing a first contact, a first, almost like a handshake with this person. And, and the idea is to try, try as best you can to be natural. Don't, you don't have to force it funny. You don't have to force it to sound really intelligent. You don't have to force it to sound like a ringmaster in a circus. Just be natural and be yeah. comfortable. You know, um, yeah, having a speech written short and simple is the first key. So let's, I'm going to give you an example or two. Um, Joab Stiglitz, who we've had interviewed, oh my God, maybe 35 episodes ago now. Uh, uh, watching him in action is always interesting because he'll, uh, someone will come by and you get to see that little glance and he'll pick up the glance and say, are you interested in, and he'll mention uh, the genre or, you know, books about, boom. And if he gets a yes, then he has the, I think he's got about, uh, he talks for about 20 to 30 seconds. And there's a pause, and he seems interested. He's got the next 10 or 20 seconds. And then the next 10, it's very interesting to see him go. And, very, and he did practice. He's, he's very casual with it now. Um, I saw another person, I forget who it was. Uh, so forgive me if it's you um, out there. <laughs> but they would what if people, uh, which I thought was interesting. And you can't bark that at people. You know, there has to be that subtle look over and say, hey, what if this, you know, uh, that worked for some people. Um, the bowl of candy trick, you know, have a bowl of candy. Hey, you, you want a piece of candy or, uh, you know, a little pick me up? How we doing? How's, you know, uh, I've seen you and a few others say, how the con, how's the con going? You enjoying stuff? And it's, you know, questioning them about their experience first. And because then eventually about, get yeah. into it, right? It is about them. You, uh, you're, yes, you want to sell your book or sell you know, your art or whatever it is you have in front of you. You want to get these people to buy from you. But it is about them. It is about saying, you know, and, and I try to be very genuine about this. I don't feel that everybody that passes the table or everybody I meet at a conference or whatever is going to be an immediate fan of anything that I've done. So you've got to genuinely want to talk to them. At least that's the way I approach it. But as I said, again, there are people who who aren't that open or that comfortable in those initial moments. So I think, again, having your, your pre-written speech uh, and, and being comfortable being able to tell them, well, the, the, the price of the book is such and such. And being here's a big one. If they say no, you can't take it. I mean, you may feel it, but you cannot show, oh, well, you know taking it personally as if they just right. smack you. Because the moment you do that, you, you, it's like you've thrown a stone at them. You've said to them, and you oh, guarantee well, it. Yeah, you guarantee it. And now, now you don't want it. Well, get away from me. And what that has done is that has damaged more people because literally I've had, and I know many people that have the same situation. I expect you even had it. Someone says, oh, well, you know, thank you. Yeah, it's interesting, but I, I'm going to look around. I'm going to go to, I, maybe I'll come back. And I've had people come back. Right. Well, yeah. then it's important there to say, okay, listen, go have a great con, and you know where I am. If you uh, if you wander back, it'll be great to see you. Otherwise, have a great con, and uh, you know, hope to see you later. Let me also take it away from the convention mindset for just a moment. If you're okay. at a con, if you're at an event where you want to network with people, but you're having trouble, you know, connecting. Once again, if they don't seem interested in what you have to offer. Your job is to not take that as a slap in the face and right. show it to them. Your your job is to say, oh, well, okay, thank you very much, and move on to the next person. Now, yes, depending yeah. on your personality, it may hurt. It may feel really disappointing or frustrating. That's true. But if you're venturing out to represent yourself, that's something you have to get used to, is taking those moments when it is a, or appears to be a rejection. And saying, okay, thank you very much for your time, really. And, you know, have a great event or whatever, or I hope to see you again, or maybe we'll, we'll talk again, and legitimately move on. So yeah. 
practicing receiving that is a big part of, of how do you get, yeah. how do you find, but again, that's also finding somebody who can do that for you. Because if we go back to the Comic-Con scenario for a moment, it is so much better if you are that person who has this wall up or you are uncomfortable dealing with the public, that you have a friend or an associate or some, some person that you've hired or a volunteer who is gregarious or who is comfortable with the public and let them break the ice for you. Let mm -hmm. them represent you at the table or mm -hmm. at the booth. You know, and oh, how you doing, sir? Oh, yeah, well, the author is right here. Uh, this is Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so. She wrote this book, blah, 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 blah. If you have any questions for her or him, you know, be happy to. But here's the book. One of the things that I tend to say to people when they're at my table and they're looking and I've said something, maybe I said something like, you know, how are you doing or whatever. Or even if I haven't, but I see them looking, I say, well, you know, it's okay. You can pick up the book. You can touch. You can leave fingerprints. It's okay. You know, so I immediately say, this is not intense. This is relaxed. Sure, take a look. Go ahead. It's like it's like squeezing the, the melons in the grocery. You shouldn't, but everybody does it. So it's about lightening the mood so they don't feel trapped. Oh, if I say something or if I touch this or if I look at this or if I show interest, they're immediately going to go for my wallet. It's about saying, hey, no, it's okay. We can talk. Let me introduce you to this. You know, here, oh, that's what that's about. But, you know, are, you know, and then trying to be conversational. And if you can't do that, even with a written piece, then yes, you should have somebody next to you who can. Mm -hmm. All right, let's segue to, um, you mentioned writer's conferences or book conferences. You know, another aspect of those experiences are uh, panel discussions and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And you may not start, you know, being invited onto a panel, but attend them, attend them and watch mm -hmm. and see uh, how others conduct themselves on those panels. Um, that's another thing that uh, you can ask a question at a panel. That's a great Absolutely. practice, right? To come up and say, all right, I have a question. And you, all you got to do is one question and uh, engage a conversation. Um, then you might go to some of the smaller uh, conferences and uh, there's a little more open with uh, the panel. You might get your first panel there and mm -hmm. start going. Um, again, if you can get someone to take pictures and, um, and post it on your web, your social media and your website and all that stuff, all of that helps. Um, can I just throw in another thing? If you're doing it, you know, rightfully so, you suggest to go to these panels, see these panels, attend. If you have a question uh, for one of the panelists, that's great. It breaks a little of the ice that way. The other thing you should have as an attendee, as a, a, an audience member, is have a business card. Or if you don't have business cards, have a postcard with your contact information on it. Because if you can make contact with someone there, you know, well, then, oh, it's nice talking to you. Oh, you, and you do books on such? Yes, I do books on, in this genre just as well. As my, you know, I would love to uh, follow you or something. But anyway, here's my business card. And that way, you know, you can leave them a card. If they reach out to you, great. If they don't, so be it. But we're looking at how do you find contacts? How do you make right. contact people who are going to rep you? Or how do you make contact with people who may be able to hire you to use uh, to use your skills or right. to, you know. So and once let's, you, let's push you that a little bit. Let's a piece of paper to write your name and phone number on. Right. But let's push that for a minute because you can get 500 cards for about yep. $25, $35 now. It is an investment that's worthwhile. Yeah. Simple. Print. Simple design, yeah. uh, you know, your social media um, handles and somewhere where they can email you is, you know, like that. That's minimum stuff. And you're giving it out to other professionals. You're not giving it around to, yeah, you know, you're not just walking around handing them out. Right. Yeah. It's um, and people do it all the time. You know, here's mine. Here's mine. And all that sort of stuff. And um it's worth the investment to go and get that. Absolutely. Uh, writers' magazines, writers' websites, publishers' websites, and also talking to other writers and all that. All of that stuff writers slowly group. gets you in the circle and all that. Writers and, group, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, writers' group, you want to get it with, uh, writers who are maybe a little beyond what you're doing. So you push yourself. You know, you don't want to be the most experienced writer in the group. 
if you're looking to learn. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so. If you are, it's good for your ego, but it doesn't necessarily move yeah. you forward, you know, as you want to grow. So, yeah, you yeah. try and meet with people who are a little ahead of you on the trail. And, you know, those first couple of gigs, you might, it might not be paying jobs. You know, you get a story in an anthology that is meant to be a fundraiser. Well, you know, the way you're getting paid is, you know, you were published for this or published for that. Um, the tricky part is to transition from there to, hey, I got paid $25. Okay, cool. Listen, when you get those $25, remember to cash the check. You know, take a picture with it or something, but cash the check. You're a professional. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about creating a submissions plan. You want to get out there. What's your advice for first couple of steps? Well, again, you, you've been walking around, attending, going online, gathering information about who to submit to. Uh, most assuredly, if you're in the if you're looking for agents or you're in the comic book industry, both of these I've had more experience with, uh, a lot of the websites for these people um, state how they want you to submit to them. Mm -hmm. Pay or, attention to that. Let me rephrase that. How they <laughs> want you to submit your material to them. There you, <laughs> you know, go. You know, there you go. Um, you know, they're very specific instructions that maybe is like a half or a quarter page long in some cases. So you want to check on that and find, oh, they like to receive this from me and they want to have that information in particular and they don't want the pages or samples of my work to be longer than. So these are things you want to gather. Again, there's the blitzkrieg, oh, let me just submit to everybody. You know, that's like scatter shots. I tend to think that because this is going to be a, a, a process that you want to try and, and niche down to the people that seem to work within the arena that you're most attracted to or that your work uh, uh, represents. So if you write mysteries, you know, look for all of the arenas, the, I'm sure it's all the players in that arena that could get your work seen or moved or published or whatever, uh, as opposed to everybody, you know. The idea is to try and focus your work, focus your approach. So. Make sure that your contact information is is uh, is clear. Like Chris was saying, a phone number, an email address, and a resume. And if you have it all online, or you have a website or a landing page, that's fine. Otherwise, make sure you have a document that has that information that you can email to people. Um, again, if you're a writer submitting your work, then you want to see what the submission rulings are for X, Y, and Z. And if they need to see uh, an overview, a one-page pitch of your concept or your story, and then maybe a sample, a few pages of your writing skill, then have that packet ready. I like to, to have things in a packet uh, or, you know, if it's all online or, or you're thinking all digital. Okay, so my file is my resume. That's one file. Um, any kind of additional information they need, an overview, is, that's one page, and then the sample pages. I have them all in one folder. And when I go to approach somebody, I know I hit that one folder, open it up, and I can pull, click, and drag everything I need, boom, right there. Takes less time. You don't want to be thinking, like, oh, where did I keep this? Oh, and I need to send them some samples. Which samples should I send them? Start to figure that out ahead of time. Right. And again, a lot of people, once you build your rep, folks know what you do. They've seen a lot of your work. But until that point, you need to help them see what you have to offer. And, and for you, because it's a, it's, a, it's a stressful scenario sometimes, getting yourself known. For you, you want to remove as much of the stress factor as possible. So again, put together, it's almost like a, a digital portfolio. Put it all in one folder so you can get to it easily uh, and click and drag everything right in. Boom, send it right off to so-and-so. If you want, send maybe three, four, five of them at a, at a time if you want to do that. But definitely have whatever you send as a sample and whatever information, contact information is necessary, have it ready in a folder, easily accessible. All right. Now, a couple of things about that. One, if any of you are out there saying, well, what was that thing you talked about? What is that? Google it, YouTube it, research it, find the definitions, and then you'll slowly learn. Secondly, none of this is going to happen all in one week. Right. It's it's a process. Third, if you're looking for more information and you're not, you know, you're frustrated with um, 
what you're getting online, you know, then Google the best hundred books about uh, for an author or about writing or a writing career and then start hitting the library and, or uh, there's their online service Libby and read, 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 do your research between YouTube and Google and Libby and the public library. You can get, you know, a college level education on what it would take to get all of this together. And, you know, how bad do you want it? You know, you want it, you got to go out and read it and learn it and uh, put it into practice, you know, and uh, it's an ongoing thing. You know, but I don't have time. You always have time to read one chapter on the bus. You have or, to. You know, in also, the men's room or something or, you know. Let me also I, say that it's a tough, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than putting your heart and soul into something and then having somebody go, yeah, no, thank you. I mean, that, that, that does hurt because you've invested not only your, your, your thoughts and your imagination, but let's face it, your emotions into it. So another thing in terms of submitting is start to develop an outer shell, a little bit of uh, emotional Kevlar, you know, because there are going to be situations where they don't see it the way you see it. They don't see it at all or they see it differently and it's completely not what you're about. And you've got to sort of be able to deal with that and, and then move on, continue to go forward. Yeah. It's a it's a process. It's a it's a process. That, I mean, not to keep you know saying that, you know, Chris this or me that just simply most writers, even the ones who are hugely successful, have stories about rejection time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I like to use uh, 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 Rollins, uh, CK, you know, the Harry Potter success. JK. Uh, this poor soul turned down by 13 publishers was not, you know, she didn't have a family that was paying the bills for her. She was struggling. She was raising her own kids and they, they were living through tough times. Now, right now, everybody's seeing this as a multi-million dollar ind individual and she's got it all, but Hey, there was the hell time. And there was a, had she quit at number nine or number 10 or even number 12. Yeah life she's leave, living now would not exist. And remember, she was on social assistance at the time. So, you know, hard times. Stephen King, you know, he used to write with a typewriter on his knees between the furnace and the laundry, uh, the washing machine, in his basement, you know, uh, after teaching all day and then grading papers, then he would go down there and write and all that sort of stuff. And he doubted, you know, he threw out Carrie, threw in the garbage. His wife pulled it back out. You know all these stories. Um, as far as the submissions plan, go to the associations that you're, you know, if you want to be a horror writer, go to the Horror Writers Association website and see what they have to offer. I know the Mystery Writers Association has a, um, a member and then an affiliate member. If you're not published yet, you can be an affiliate member. And it lends you access. One of the things it lends you access to is publications or publishers that they would that would make you eligible to be one of their full members you know so look at that list that becomes a hit list for you huh can you elaborate what do you mean by they have list of publishers? mystery writers of america right you have to have been published by uh what they call, you know, a legitimate, a recognized publisher from the MWA, mm -hmm. right? Joe's mm -hmm. Publications, or my 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 publication uh, uh, company, Seamus and uh, Seamus and Publications, not on the MWA list, right? Uh, um, others are, right? So you look at that list, and most of it is uh, there are some only will take submissions by agents. Then there's a part that says those who will take it without an agent. And then, then there are magazines and broken up. Da, da, da. They're all links. Click, read, click, read, click, read, take notes, do whatever you need to do. Take That's care. how you create that submission plan. All right, they're looking for this or these people. All right, I'm going to do. And that's how you start get, getting uh, targets or, uh, or desires. There's a couple of, I, I think I have about somewhere between six and 12 targets that I have or, or wants or wish lists. I want to be published there. I want to be published there. And then, then now we're getting to the next, okay, what kind of stuff would fit that? 
you know, you what do I old. have? What do I have to write? Sometimes you have it. Sometimes you have to write a new thing. That's okay. You're going to write and you should try and write every day. Uh, now, let me scratch that. You should write every day, even if it's for 10 minutes, at least it's writing every day. Right. Uh, and then you build from there. The one of the things I want to say about the writing is you got to raise your game constantly with your proofreading. Worst thing in the world is to go out and they, and they stop at the first sentence, first paragraph, first page, because there's obvious uh, uh, proofreading errors, you know? And we all think, okay, I, I read it over, it's good. Nah, you have to read it over and read it over. You have to read it out loud. You have to go away and make a peanut butter sandwich or run a marathon or, you know, work a day or two days and come back and read it with fresh eyes. You have to get your friend to read it. You have to get your uh, uh, associate who doesn't really love you as much as you hope they would to read it. <laughs> you know, whoever were willing to read it. Uh, and if you can afford editors, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. But the idea is it has to be as ready as possible. And that is an escalating ladder. You think you're, I'm ready. And then you learn there's... 20 other rungs and you climb up those rungs and you say, I'm ready. And there's 40 other rungs, <laughs> you know, getting to that level is, uh, it's exquisite and it's exciting, but it's a climb it's work, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that's why as many books are out there and that's why there's, you know, there's a cutoff point. There's, you know, there's a difference between someone just, posting their book and someone publishing their book and someone uh, uh, having it out there and one that people are going to to read. And you always got to strive to get to that level. So that's all of that is under the creating a submission plans. But it's, now I, it, I think we've also uh, segued into just in that dialogue into the creative getting creative gigs, because, yeah. again, the reality of it yeah. Too, yeah, leads to the pursuit of the gigs. And, and again, uh, once you get them, how, how you respond, how you work, how you deal with it, your professionalism is a big part of it, too. Because just to piggyback off what you were saying about proofreading and so forth, and I, I'm probably the worst at it. And even though I'll go through it four or five times, I'll send it to somebody else and they'll go, oh, yeah, but you missed it. Yeah, I did, obviously. But the other thing, too, is when you get notes back, and Chris was talking about it, you know, with his own experience, but when a writer or, you know, or an artist get notes back on their work, you again, you've got to remember, this is a professional scenario. This is a gig I, uh, I'm being paid to do, and I need to see those notes, read those notes, think about those notes, and then respond appropriately, whatever that may be. And I'm not going to get into specific it's about, oh, well, ne never this, never that. I'm simply saying respond professionally and appropriately because finding gigs is one step. Keeping them and building on them are two more. And how you respond, how you interact with your editors, bosses, and so forth is a whole big piece, a large piece of how you build your career, how yeah. long you stay in the ballpark. Uh, and let's... Let's talk about the reality of it is that you're going to have to keep submitting, keep plugging, keep resubmitting, sending to other places. You know, you have to almost expect the rejection. Almost. That doesn't mean you walk around, you know, stone on the phone, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just part of the deal. You know, print out those rejections, put them on a pile. The higher the pile get, the closer you are to someone saying yes. And when they say yes, that's great. Find out what they want, work on that, but you still have the next one to go. And that might take 30 or 40 or 50, and it might keep going. It's, it's an endurance test, you know, and it's, um, you know, the definition of the artist, uh, in one part is you know, to have a, a, an urge or a drive to say something, have something to say. But the other part of an artist is willing to always work to say it better. Mm. And you need both. There are so many people that I know that they don't have that second part. And it, it, 
they self-fulfilling prophecy of getting in your own way. You know, you, you always have to grow and, and find the next thing. And I'm as guilty as anybody about getting in my own way. So don't look at me as the exception. I'm not. Um, <laughs> but the reality is it's hard to get a gig and that shouldn't stop you, you know, um, and it's, it involves a lot of rejection and that's not personal. You may have been, you know, the 38th email that was opened up, you know, or you might have been the last email or the last, if you're doing it regular mail, the last one that someone has to read before they go to lunch or the bathroom or, um, right Wait after they have a terrible phone call with a, uh, a significant other or the last thing they need to do before to go out on that hot date they've been waiting for. Anything could get in the way. You're not guaranteed to get 100% of someone else's best. Now, your stuff might just not be for them. It doesn't mean it's not for somebody else down the block or someone else in another state. Okay, check and move on. And, and one of the things that I'm trying to incorporate is something that I heard over the summer from um, uh, Deadly Inc. at that conference. One of the writers says that she has this, um, I think it's an Excel sheet she prints out, and mm -hmm. it's um, the name of the story she has, and then there's a list of magazines. She submits the first one, puts the date down, gets a response, you know, there's a yes or no, and then if it's a no, she goes to the next thing, next one, and the next one, and the next one. And she does, that's how she likes to do it one at a time, God bless her. Other people send out, you know, if you they get the list of those who accept multiple submissions, that whole, they are the first wave. And then there's this place and that place and all that, you know, but you gotta, you just gotta make some decisions and try. You're gonna make some mistakes, hell yes. You're going to correct I mean, a few things? Hell yes. Just to, just to round that off, um, in terms of getting those creative gigs and, and what to do with them, again, approaching the submission correctly, knowing what people, how they want submissions to be made so that you don't tick them off by sending them the wrong stuff or too much stuff or whatever. If you get through that door and they brought you in to do a job or talk about doing a job, be a pro. You know, even if this is your first gig, still Define find that, please. professional face on. Do it, sit, listen exchange, get the gig, do the gig, do your best right. on the gig. Okay. Let's, let's and, go back with the being a pro again, do's and don'ts. Well, what are the three things you should always do as a pro? Well, again, artists are unique folk. So, so how, how you dress and, and how you talk may be very much, um, uh, uh May, may be colored by, you know, your own particular cultural or, or, or lifestyle choices. So, A, you're not, you're not going in, unless you know this person for years, you're not going in to hang with your best friend. You're going in to talk to somebody who possibly represents a paycheck in your, in your hand. So you go in, you basically say hello, uh, depending on how this conversation is supposed to go in terms of what you're talking about, you listen, you respond. You come with enough information about, let's say you're submitting, uh, or they're, they're interested in the book that you, you submitted, the book idea. You go in prepared to talk about it, not fight about it. The okay. idea well, I'm gonna, we're going to get to the fight. I want to roll back one more, one more time. There are certain things, and I'm going to be pushing on this. There are certain things that are social contract norms, Right. The person, the editor who's calling you in or the person who's going to buy your material should not be able to tell what you had for breakfast by looking on your shirt, right? <laughs> they should also not be able to tell that you played seven games of basketball yesterday just from breathing. You know, personal hygiene is important. Clean clothes are important. Uh, it's not how you think a professional should look. Sure, you have your own style, but then you must also think about where you're going and what public expectations are. You know, am I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong. I think that it's um, it's a bigger conversation. 
because again, <laughs> I have seen, yeah, I have seen so many variations of how people come in to have interviews. And I'm not talking about the negatives right now because there are plenty of those. I'm just saying they've come in with different styles, different approaches, uh, different personalities. Right. And so, as I said, it's a bigger conversation to say how those things work. Yes, if you want to talk about social norms, I absolutely agree. Uh, you shouldn't have whatever stuff is dripping off your shirt. You definitely, if you played seven games of basketball the day before, that when you go in for that meeting the next day, you showered and you're wearing fresh clothes. That yeah, would be yeah. greatly appreciated by all mankind. Right. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to limit anything else, but, you know, common sense, right? Uh, there are some who say, ah, my writing's so great, they should take me no matter what. Well, listen, that's fantastic when you have a couple contracts under your belt and you're an 800-pound gorilla. But when your reputation is about eight ounces, you, you got to play the game a little bit, you know? And, and uh, understand again... Got to get through the door. Yeah, this is not a frat party. I mean, I, I know some writers and artists who... It was, it was great. They got the gig and everything, and they'll get to it. No, no. Scheduling is key in professional publishing. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so if the publisher or the editor has told you, we need this by X, they need it by X. And here's the big thing. We screw up. We all drop the ball, or we screw up, or we make a mistake somewhere along the lines, multiple sometimes, as we go forward, as we grow, as we pursue accept responsibility when you do mm -hmm. you know cool. when you when you start denying oh well it was so much and i you know you didn't no if you know you screwed up take the hit yeah that's, that's also part of being professional and it may actually teach you to go you know what i don't like those hits i gotta i gotta get my game together on this yeah. area i gotta work on this good rule of thumb if it's always somebody else's fault you gotta look in the mirror yeah. You know, if it's 10, 12 times, oh, it's his fault. He did this. She did that. She didn't like me. I don't know. You know, that's not going to that's how does that get you to the next level? So, all right, let's talk about creativity being 1% inspiration, 99% disciplining yourself to put butt in chair and do the work. And that's actually your definition of the, of the older phrase, 1% uh, perspiration, um, Inspiration. 99% perspiration. 99% perspiration. The work. The work mm -hmm. is, is where it is. You know, and it's all those things that we talked about ahead of time. But yeah, getting yourself to sit down and do the work. Uh, I mentioned a moment ago about some of the artists and writers that I've known who get the gig and then sort of procrastinate. You're going to yeah. get waiting for the muses to hit or, you know, any number of reasons why such and such doesn't happen in a timely fashion. And it's hard. You know, I, I will I will absolutely say that it's one of the bigger fights for me, because sometimes I I don't want to let go of something deadline or not, because it does something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't look right. Something doesn't sound right. And then life gets in the way. And then I, suddenly I've not only missed a deadline, but I've compounded it. You know, those were not good days. So, you know, when that happens, you have to again, going back to you have to accept that you screwed up. But the thing that you want to do really is you want to develop habits that help you not to do that or certainly yeah. not to do on any kind of regular basis. So like get I know yourself, get yourself an appointment book and keep an appointment book. Uh, I'm, I'm really pushing myself to learn how to do that and rely on that on a daily basis. Uh, some so far I'd give myself an F minus. Uh, I need to work on that and become better. Um, but I, I see some others, uh, in, including one who's in my uh, family circle. It's in her hand almost all the time, and God bless her, you know. And I, and, I, and you take your inspiration from uh, what is put before you. Everything happens for a reason, right? So I took her as okay. That's really reminding me to work on that skill. It's not one of my strong skills. Well, I, what I've done is I've taken um, a lot of direction from several people that I feel are good examples, uh, and one or two of them are actually mentors of mine. And yes, no matter how old you get, you have mentors. Mentors are good, people that help keep you on track or, get, or, or help you find the right track to be on. Um, I, try, I try very hard to plot my day the night before. Okay. Uh, the notebook on my desk, and I will write down 
the things that I know I need to do the following day. And I try and prioritize them. You know, I'm pretty good at that part. I'd say I'm about almost 45% to 50%. That's good. At a regular basis. The follow through gets trickier, but at least the planning has become well, a habit that I've developed. I, I think you plan very tight, you know, and then when, you know, event B goes too long, event C gets screwed up that runs into D because, you know, uh, Questlove, the, the drummer uh, uh, for The Roots, says you can probably do three big things a day. That's it. That's what a lot you, of people You routinely, I think, try to do eight. That's my impression of you, Alex. <laughs> um, I think, well, I'm going to say this. I think that, um, A, yes, many, many really successful people in different walks of life agree with that. It's like, A, you, three, three things a day, and some of the superstars of success say tackle one thing per day. Do it until it's done. And then if you still have some time left, that's something else. Right. But the, the thing for I think the other thing you look for is you start to look for, and this is one of the things I've been working on, is look for ways to delegate, uh, to be better organized so you don't overwhelm yourself, mm -hmm. and find and accept or purchase help when it's needed. Do not feel that you have to be Superman. Superman has the Justice League, you know? He can, he's got super strength, can move at super speed, but he still has the Justice League. Because we all need help at some point, and sometimes more than we want to admit. And so in terms of pursuing a career, maybe you don't have the money to have. If somebody in your family can do X and help you in this little, do that. Take the help. Yeah. You know, look yeah. for the guidance. Set up and organize, because all those things will help you stay focused on your goals. And, and if your goal is to be a writer and to to get out, get your work out there and, and do work for some people you admire and all that good stuff, then you, you've got to be fairly focused on do the work every day, build that reputation and keep going forward. Now, uh, another bit of advice, kind of building on top of that. Uh, two students came to see me from last year. They're graduates, they're freshmen now, uh, freaking out, thinking about dropping out wasn't even Halloween. They were thinking about dropping out of college. So I asked them, well, what's the problem? They said, oh, my God, we have so much work. We have so much writing and all that sort of stuff. I said, how many assignments do you have? They said, we have seven. I said, wow, seven assignments. All right. So when are they due? And one or two was due pretty soon, but a lot of them were due, like, around Thanksgiving. I said, okay. So what? You, I said, you can't try and write all seven at once, right? Like, you can't write the whole book at once. I said, every day, you're going to write a paragraph or two. Every day. And that's going to, you know, mm -hmm. that's how you can do it. So yeah, there's a million ways of saying that, one bite of the apple at a time, all that sort of stuff. But the big mistake they were making was looking at all seven as the mountain. Like they had to take one leap and get to the top of the mountain. And you and I know that it's not like that. Sometimes it's a page. Sometimes it's a paragraph. Uh, for a good time this morning, it was about one word at a time. Does mm. that word need to be there? Is that a better word? Wait, I saw that word three lines earlier. Let's change that. And that's really, I think, the healthiest way to go about it is, all right, I'm going to be working today. Now I'm going to write a whole novel today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be working, right? And and I think it's important if that's part of the 99%, that's part of the discipline that I'm going to sit down. Some people say, I don't have time to write. Yes, you do. If you have time to go to the restroom, you have time to write. You're doing one thing, you got that little notepad, write a, write a sentence or two, right? If you're on, if you're taking public transportation or if you're waiting in a doctor's office, or if the baby falls asleep for a couple of minutes, God bless, that's one of the best things on the smartphone since you have that little pad. You can write that. You can email it to yourself. And when you get a chance, you copy and paste it. And slowly, you get a rough draft. Will it be awkward and all this? Sure. That's okay because that's what rewrites are about. But there's there's no such thing as not enough time. Now, I and, have 22 ideas, not enough time to do all those today. 
but I have to apply the same advice I'm giving. One thing at a time, one sentence, one word at a time. Keep going. You were mentioning the notepad on the cell phone or the tablet or whatever they're mm -hmm. carrying, yeah. you know, the handheld. Um, some of these units also have a recording device. And mm -hmm. if you're in a situation where you can't sit there and do the thumb dance or, you know, and, and type something in, you can always quickly record it, you know, and then. Yes, but be careful because you and I have both quickly recorded and gotten very interesting results. Not what we actually said. <laughs> right. So, you know, speak clearly and, you know, and, and, and get make that count. It's a lot easier than going back to that paragraph and saying, what the hell did I mean there? <laughs> yeah. I'm still giving people options here. I think you know, <laughs> and things out to see how they work for you. It's you an know, option. Again, you can do it. Yeah. Going going back to you know the beginning of this this episode, which is um, we're almost at the end of it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. We only um, have one part. We've already half talked about it. Well, yeah. The, the daily routine. We've already talked yeah, about it. We've already that. started talking about it. So let's wrap it. Go. We have, you know, I just wanted to say that again, how you do these things, how you set up your day to day, and we're now talking daily routine, how you set that up, how you look at it, and how you look at your goals is a big part of it because a lot of this is about your will. You know, Chris said a little while ago about uh, how bad people would want such and such, you know, mm -hmm. how, how bad you want to write, how badly you need to tell stories. You know, how much do you want this? Do you really, you know, does it just sound cool and you like, Hanging with people who are writers, okay, that's fine, that's cool. But if you really want this for yourself and you really want this as a career, then yes, setting up the steps that allow you to move forward towards that goal, big, 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 big time table that you have to work on. So yeah, daily, daily routines um, to help you organize and move forward, absolutely necessary. So you were gonna say, um, Chris. No, I think, I, I think we're kind of at the mutual point there where we're saying, you find a way, uh, minimize your expectations, and it becomes the first goal is to be creative every day. You find a way to do that, and then you can always build upon it. But even if you have five minutes a day, it's better to use that to try and tell, you know, whatever your thing is, whatever your a uh, piece that you have to write or paint or draw or whatever. It's better to spend at least five minutes than to say no and to never have done it at all. So find a little time, let it build, tell the damn story. <laughs> okay, folks, um, please, if we uh, hit on something that, that resonated with you or wasn't quite clear to you and you want further information, just drop it in the comments, and we'll get back to you. Absolutely. Uh, Questions, and also, suggestions, comments. Yeah, if, if there's something we didn't cover, suggestions that you have that you think would be useful to other people, please, once again, drop it in the comments, and we will pass it along, most assuredly. We're okay. this together. A pleasure as always. Yes, sir. Peace. Good to see yeah. you again, Alex Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> head, head out there, sir. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Peace, everybody. <laughs>